Hi, I'm Natalie Wires, along with Jason Nias from Digital River, an e-commerce company dedicated to helping brands go global and grow revenue. But this isn't about us. This is Commerce Connect, a podcast about people who are creating some of the best e-commerce experiences of our times. Listen on to hear from e-commerce visionaries as they look back on where they started, lessons they've learned that have gotten them to where they are today, and what they believe is the future of online shopping. Hi, I'm Natalie. We're here in San Francisco at Scribd, an ebook and audiobook subscription service that now boasts 1 million subscribers. Scribd is also working with authors to produce original content to expand its reach worldwide. I'm talking with Scribd's first ever CFO, Tony Grimnick. Hi. Hi. How are you going? Very good. How are you? Good, thank you. So you have a bit of an interesting background. We're just going to start from the beginning. You grew up in Australia, and you uh, were part of the Australian Army before you came into the world of finance. Yeah, that's correct. Uh, I'm not too sure if it's a, uh, a common path, especially for Australian uh, folks coming over to the U.S., but uh, there's definitely a tradition here in the U.S. where military officers who've served their country get into business. So talk a bit about how... Uh, you made the jump from the army into the world of startups, and and what um, from your early days kind of helped um, as you you know help startups kind of get off the ground and and be successful. I suppose it's you know it's a long long answer to that question, uh, and I always have sort of two answers. The one is the short and the long answer. The short is I actually met uh, someone when I was traveling, and uh, she was an American and encouraged me to move to the U.S. and started off all these opportunities. That's the short version. Romance. I like it. Exactly. A little bit of romance. Be careful of the itinerant Australian you meet uh, backpacking when you're traveling around because you never know what's going to happen. Uh, secondly, she definitely, uh, coming out of the military, you definitely have a point of view and uh, somewhat of a, a narrow perspective in the opportunities that are widely available in business. And leaving the military, moving to the U.S., seeing those opportunities, going to business school in New York, uh, really broadened my perspectives around the availability of different careers. And so I started out in, in finance and in investment banking in New York, uh, worked through the great financial crisis through 2006 through 2011, saw a lot of very interesting things happen. Uh, I worked for J.P. Morgan. I was in the office when Bear Stearns failed. I was uh, working when Lehman Brothers failed. Um, so very interesting times. Learned a lot about finance. But ultimately, I wanted to get back to my operating roots. You know, in the military, very much about operations, people, optimizing, uh, achieving objectives. And with that in mind, ultimately moved here to San Francisco and started working in in startups and. For anyone that's worked in a startup, you'll know that there's a lot of opportunity, which is a good thing of saying there's a lot of things that are broken and a lot of things to be fixed. And so I really do enjoy getting down, getting into the details, uh, helping companies operate and ultimately being successful. That's that's wonderful. Um, so you worked at quite a few different startups before getting to Scribd. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. I, I came out of, of banking, uh, worked at StubHub. Uh, which is an eBay company for a number of years doing uh, financial planning and corporate development. I wouldn't call that a startup. 
Uh, definitely an independent, well-known brand. Yep. But after that, uh, moved on to much smaller companies um, at Hotel Tonight, where I was the CFO. So now you are the first CFO at Scribd, and the company is, you know, taking off with, you know, fresh infusion of funding. You have more than a million subscribers. Um, you know, what, how does a company, a startup, make a decision that it is the right time to bring on executive level talent like a CFO? Um, you know, how did Scrib make that decision and, and what were you really charged with as you started here? A lot of the times a company will bring a CFO depending on the complexity of the business. Sometimes it'll be a small number of people, maybe a small amount of revenue, but the business is extremely complex with financing and operations and a CFO will come on at that time. Other companies, they'll bring them in at a later stage. Uh, Scribd is reasonably large. Uh, 250-odd employees, uh, over $100 million in revenue, uh, just raised a round, and it became time for a CFO to come on board to help uh, mature the finance organization and to manage what is a reasonably complex global business. What excited you the most about it? Uh, I, I would lo- I'd like to say that I've worked at a bunch of cool companies that I've loved doing. I like concerts and sports, and I worked at StubHub. Uh, I love travel. I worked at Hotel Tonight. I love reading, and now I'm here at Scribd. And so it's indulged a passion of, of mine. I read a lot. I can dig into the app and both read cool books that I may not have thought about reading before and listen to, to books on tape as well. I was uh, doing a road trip with my family just two weeks ago when we pulled up uh, a Rick Riordan book. If you've got younger or teenage kids, they'll be pretty familiar with the uh, the author. And we listened to a, a book on tape during the road trip. And uh, that was a lot of fun. And that was an opportunity that Scribd allowed me through the app. And the ability to work here has been pretty cool as well. So for our listeners who aren't as familiar with Scribd, why don't you give us just the high-level level overview of uh, what exactly Scribd does and, and where you're seeing the best opportunities for growth? Yeah, it's pretty simple. I mean, it's a global reading subscription service. Um, we offer the unlimited access to the largest digital library. We've got over a million ebooks and audiobooks, magazine articles, and for only $9 a month. You get access to all of it for $9 a month. You get access to all of it for $9 a month. That's We've amazing. had uh, partners such as the New York Times where you can get your subscription through. We have multiple magazines, audiobooks, ebooks, and then a vast. Uh, treasure of documents as well that variety of those documents reach from court um, filings like the Mueller report to toaster manuals and so a variety of people come to Scribd for a variety of different reasons. So the the world of publishing and content consumption is crowded. Uh, What does Scribd do um, to really differentiate itself and how do you think about you know, bringing new subscribers on and continuing to add that value. We continue to to work on two things. One, simply adding content, more books, more audio books, more magazines, broadening the experience where you come to Scribd and you can find anything you want to read. And then the second is beyond the content is the user experience. 
anyone that's worked at a consumer-based company before, it's all about the user experience. And so we continue to improve that, invest in the ease of using the app, uh, the ease of finding new content, and the ease of reading it. As the CFO, uh, you're probably hyper-focused on um, making sure that we, you know we you aren't losing subscribers to involuntary churn or you know passive churn. Um, how how does Scribd approach um, you know putting different mechanisms in place in order to uh, keep keep the customers continual subscriptions? Given such a wide global subscriber base, it's definitely a problem. Sixty um, percent of our subscribers are not from the U.S., and attacking this problem isn't just a U.S.-focused solution; it's a global uh, solution. And so, it means implementing payment solutions globally, but individually for each of the markets. That helps reduce the churn as well. So you really look to to take a localized approach so that the subscribers all over the world are getting an experience that feels authentic and local to them? Exactly. Not not only is it the user experience in terms of finding local content that is relevant to them, but in, in terms of accepting payment methods that they use and um, allowing them to both engage and then pay for that content uh, as they prefer. Um, and that's a great segue into another um, recent uh, thing that Scribd has tackled, which is um, entering the Mexico market. Can you talk at all about, um, you know, how that decision was made and, and, and why Mexico? Yeah, we've really, until a point in time, just recently approached uh, our global subscription base on a sort of very consistent one-size-fits-all basis. Um, and then a number of markets, Mexico being one of them, started to stick its head up in terms of we had subscriber growth, people were engaging with the product, and we needed to dig into this, see why they were doing that, and then improve the experience for them. Um, as of probably, call it a year ago, now, if you're in Mexico, you, you pulled up the app, you may still see uh, Michelle Obama's Becoming. It's like, well maybe not the most relevant content for the Spanish-speaking market. Mm. And so in the last year, we've spent a lot of time um, signing deals with Spanish-speaking, Spanish-language uh, publishers to get that content uh, for the Mexico market, um, bringing on a local payment processor uh, to accept uh, local currency and incre increase acceptance rates. And so now Mexico continues to grow extremely strong, probably 2x what it was before, given the introduction of the content and the payment uh, methodologies. And it continues to be a leading market for us. That's fascinating. How do you get that, that local intel of what content and books and authors are going to be you know, most interesting to the audience? It's uh, a, a two-pronged approach, and you can take two approaches. One, as Scribd has done, where you look at all of the markets and see where there's traction. Um, you see consumer engagement starting to increase, and then you think about what can you do to accelerate that. The other way, which is a lot of businesses traditionally take, is I want to launch in X market. Let's do a bunch of research there, and then let's give the market what it needs. And so we've 
predominantly it's scribd um, the former methodology, uh, seeing what types of content uh, Mexican subscribers were engaging with, being able to find more um, engaged in consultants in the markets to uh, better understand the market and then give them more of what they need. Um, difference, for example, at, at Hotel Tonight, where we're expanding into Europe, for example, and we decided on which countries we wanted to be in. We'd send market managers, we'd get hotel inventory on board and then start to direct traffic towards it. And that was very much a, a calculated, planned out approach. Sometimes it worked, uh, sometimes it didn't. Um, and I think the Scribd uh, methodology about seeing what sort of raises its head above um, allows you to, helps you select winners to then reinforce and invest against as opposed to potentially investing in markets where it may not work out for you in the short term. Interesting. So what do you have other markets that you, you're currently have your eye on and you're particularly excited about? Uh, particularly excited about, we're looking at, uh, at Germany at the moment. Uh, obviously, there's still more work to do in Mexico. Mm -hmm. And then other interesting markets for us um, recently have been uh, UK. And given our large English content uh, library, which makes sense. Uh, and then we've also looked at Brazil as well. We've mm -hmm. had a surging interest from that region for our content. And there's clearly more that we can do there. So as a CFO, as you start opening new markets, it um, you know increases complexity um, just in the way you run the business. What are the top things or things that keep you up at night, concerns that you have that that are really critical to get right? You know, you've you've talked about the the content and the local payment methods, but are there other aspects that you as a CFO are particularly interested in? I think the one of the biggest risks is um, you don't know what you don't know. Uh, expanding into multiple multiple markets, there's multiple legal jurisdictions, and there's the potential getting tripped up just because you didn't know uh, the particular local rules. Mm -hmm. And a lot of companies will, and especially U.S. companies, will start the start the business here, get reasonable penetration in the U.S., and then start to move internationally. And for a period of time, they'll run those international markets out of the U.S. And it does take judgment for to determine that point in time when you start to need to push people forward. Right? How, how long is it before we need maybe a contractor in country that gives us a lot of information, um, consultants that help us advise on the legal situation, and then ultimately putting people down on the ground in that country where you really get the flavor of what people are consuming mm -hmm. and, and also the regulatory environment as well. And so Scribd is sort of in that transition phase. We have offices in uh, Europe and in Canada and we've uh, got contractors in, in Mexico and we're at sort of that point where we need to make the decision on how many and how quickly do we push down to those markets and how much as a technology company and co technology platform can we run and improve here out of San Francisco that improves the user experience in all of these markets. Um, but then, as I said, there comes this point where you need to then get a lot more local flavor and you can only do that by pushing forward. Yeah, boots on the ground. Um so where do you see the future of subscriptions going? What what excites you about the subscription space and and what what do you what would you like to see happen in the next, you know, three, five years? I love the one stop shop. Uh 
I consume probably like a lot of people, a lot of Spotify, a lot of Netflix. Scribd is my reading. Uh, it's the Netflix for reading. And so for us at Scribd and then for our users as well, it's just continuing to expand and increase the content that is available on that subscription basis. I can come in to Scribd. I can listen to a book like I've just done recently. I can find a book to read. I can get a magazine uh, article and have it all there for my, in this case, eight ninety nine dollars a month. Uh, so I think that subscription as a business model, especially for media, will continue to grow. Um, you've definitely seen people shift away from uh, either single copy sales, whether they're CDs or movies and now books, to this model where they can come, they can browse, they can find things they may not otherwise have been able to find or knew that they wanted to read in this case, and then for that one fixed price be able to do that. Well, and, you know, with, with media and books and entertainment, people don't no longer feel the need to own it, right? Like they want to consume it and have access to it, but they don't need to display all their books on their bookshelf. Like, you know, this this going back to kind of more of a minimalism style, it's it's you're wanting the latest and greatest, right? As opposed to having a bunch of stuff that you're carting around. Yeah, we've all moved away from having stuff, right? Having physical possessions. I mean, I've purchased a lot of books in my life and moved a lot of different places. And over time, that becomes difficult to hold those with you. And now I can find what I want without that physical attachment. And it's, um, it's definitely easier to do that. In recent time, uh, Script has gotten more involved in producing content. We've partnered with a number of authors to create content for Scribd. What we've found is a niche in content consumption longer than a magazine article, but shorter than a full book. And we see that traditional publishers really aren't uh, producing this long, uh, this call it shorter form content for the market. And so we're out there commissioning authors to create content for our subscribers within that gap. I imagine that that is um, really opening up a differentiator for you all, that you're able to offer content that isn't available anywhere else. Similar to Netflix where you go in and you can find a series or Amazon where you can find a movie that hasn't been created somewhere else and it drives you back to that service, Um, Scribd is doing that for content as well. But I think it's not just the content that we're creating, it's the vast breadth of content we have and so whether it's a long form or short form it's a one-stop shop to be able to find it something for everyone exactly people could create i imagine um you know people have moved away some from book clubs and a lot of my friends are now doing short story clubs or podcast clubs and you know scribd could really power it all that's an interesting trend that i haven't heard of you know the book club was traditionally read a book I'm sure if you questioned everyone that went to the book club, whether they actually exactly. read it as opposed to as an excuse to get together. That's right. Drink wine. <laughs> Definitely. And, but now the, the shorter form is able to be consumed in smaller bites. We're experimenting with uh, series. And so there's a, uh, we're dropping not an episode, but a chapter each week in terms of how does that engage our consumers to continue to read and engage with their content. Are there any good business books on Scribd that that our audience would particularly find interesting? There's a great book uh, that 
uh, as part of Scribd's original content that we've uh, released recently, and it's called Think Like a Billionaire. It's by an author, James Altelcher. And um, he had uh, a, a podcast, run, a long-running podcast, where he interviews billionaires. And then the book is about these billionaires' journeys. Uh, they're not normal people. Um, it's probably why they're billionaires. And some of the tips and tricks that they've shared with him over that time in terms of their journey and where they've been able to and how they've been able to get to where they are. Who doesn't want to learn how to be a billionaire? I certainly do. <laughs> Tony, thank you so much for sitting down with us today to talk uh, content production and subscriptions and global expansion. It's been a pleasure. Thanks very much. It's been great. Join us next time as we take you behind the scenes of a major redo of a legacy e-commerce website. Corey Case is VP of Customer Engagement at Cardinal Health, a highly respected global healthcare services and products company looking to modernize its site. Corey gives us a look at the strategy it takes to pull off a major site shakeup while keeping customers happy next time on Commerce Connect. You've been listening to Commerce Connect, brought to you by Digital River and edited at Matriarch Digital Media in Minneapolis, Minnesota. To learn more, head to digitalriver.com.